Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. I hope that I'll be able to get through it all. So we are in the, in the conclusion of the joy ride. Uh, we, we're, we worked our way through Philippians. We're, we're sitting here in chapter 4, and um, the, the goal here is, is that through this process, through the last five weeks, that, that, uh, that you choose joy, that you make a, a conscious decision to, to choose joy. Philippians 4.1 says this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and crown I receive from my work. So this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who's speaking to his church, and, and, and he's speaking a, a, a pastorly prayer. This is the prayer that we have for you guys as well, that, that you stay true to the Lord, that we love you, and, and you are our joy, and, and we want you to find that joy too, not just find it, but, but to choose that joy. Philippians 4.4 is is the the theme verse, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Happiness, happiness is a feeling. Joy is a choice. And and being being full of joy and rejoicing is not accidental. It's not something that you just kind of stumble into or find yourself in. That it's, that it's, it's, it's not a default mode. That joy is not necessarily our default mode. Joy is a discipline. We have to choose it. We have to move towards it and, and, and act upon it from a discipline perspective. We need a discipline of focus on joy and, and rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. It's, it's a command. It's, 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 it's a command. And I would like to say that, that this discipline to choose joy is easy. But it's not easy. It's it's not easy. My default response is, is other things. It's not necessarily to joy. And, and this past week, I'm, I'm like realizing it as I'm going through this sermon prep and some other studies that I'm doing. It's like, wow, I'm not that good at it. That I, that I might seem like a really happy, carefree kind of guy. I, str- I struggle with choosing joy. As, as a pastor, I'm confessing that up front. And I'll probably have more uh, wonderfully uncomfortable opportunities to share about that. But but, but you're probably there too. And I'm going to guess that, that some of you are there too and, and uh, that there, there are like joy killers in your life, right? Anybody have joy killers in your life? It's like, well, I don't even know what a joy killer is. Some of you do. Some of you flat out know what they are, right? That when it comes to choosing joy, to remaining in joy, to being filled with joy, there are these joy killers. Default responses to the world around us default responses, that the joy killers are not necessarily the events, it's our response to these events. Paul speaks to these joy killers, and the most significant of joy killers in here in chapter 4. Philippians 4, 6, 6 says this, and this is probably a verse that most of you have memorized, and, and, and there is a reason that you do. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Who knows that verse? Who's got that verse memorized? Who works that verse? Don't be anxious about anything, right? Anxiousness is the ultimate joy killer. This is the, to be in between, between hope and fear, that you're kind of stuck in the middle here. It's, and it's not, just a, it's not just a feeling, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that ends up playing out on us in, in, in our physical 
uh, physical response, in our, in our spirituality, in our relationships. Anxiousness is, uh, is a tough struggle. It's, it's a tough struggle. And Paul, you know, Paul's very familiar with this. I would, I would imagine Paul would be very familiar with a, with a level of anxiousness, that when you look back at his life of suck, that, 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 that first chapter, when he starts explaining how, how rough his life was, and yet, he still responds with, rejoice, rejoice. And then he's speaking this to his, his people, his congregation, because this is not something unique. Anxiousness is not something unique to, to our generation. This is... This is, a, this is a pattern forever. And Paul acknowledges that, and he's going to say, so here, here's the path. Here's the path to joy. Here's the path away from anxiousness, and here's how you're going to find peace and contentment and joy. But before we get to that fix, before we get to the, the understanding of the path and the disciplines that we need to instill in our lives, let's, let's, look, uh, let's, let's look at the, the key ways that anxiousness plays, uh, plays itself out in our lives. First is, anxiety plays out in our worry. Warriors here? So I'll bet you some of them, when I, I asked warriors here, you were like, oh, I don't want to waste my hand. I'm worried what he's going to do. That, that there's a... <laughs> that, that worry, we're, probably most of us worry. There are big things in life to worry about, right? That uh, some people worry about their jobs, some people worry about finances, their their family situation. There's, there's all sorts of significant aspects of our life that, that we can worry about. And it's not even just the significant ones. There, there are small things that we worry about, that we, that we focus on. These, these things of life that we're they're worried about, you know, this stuff happening, or maybe it'll happen, stuff that's not even going to happen, but, it, but, but we still kind of like grasp onto it. We have this fear and worry. And so there's like phobias, right? Anybody know they got... Got, anybody got phobias? So I found some interesting phobias. There's some normal ones, and there are some really bizarre ones. So the first one, arachnophobia. Who's got arachnophobia? Yes, I've got some amazing stories of my wife and her arachnophobia. I'm not going to share them now, but if you want to hear them later, I'm more than willing. Acrophobia. Anybody know what acrophobia is? It's fear of heights. Who's got the fear of heights? So that's, that's a pretty normal one. Nomophobia. Who's got nomophobia? So that's the fear of losing your mobile phone. <laughs> it's the fear of not having your mobile phone. I got mine. Anybody else who's like, oh, I just got to make sure I got my phone. That, that, so that sounds like a joke, but I'll bet most of you have that and you have, just haven't thought about it. It's like, where's my phone? Do I have my phone? Okay, I got my phone. Yeah, it's still there. Poganophobia. I'm going to guess that nobody here has poganophobia. Poganophobia is the fear of beards. <laughs> so if you're a simple church family member, you probably don't have that because there are some epic beards in this congregation. Put your hand down, Eller. <laughs> okay, leukemophobia, the fear of donuts. Most commonly a fear of donuts containing sprinkles or jimmies. If that's your fear, come with me. I'll help you break it. <laughs> Immersion therapy is the way to go on that one. <laughs> and this one, this one I thought was hilarious. Anatidophobia. 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 The fear of somewhere, somehow, a duck is watching you. 
So we, so we can joke about this stuff. We, we can joke about this stuff. You know, I'm assuming that you're not afraid of ducks. If you are, come talk to me, because that's an interesting story. But, but fears and worries, they, they have significant impact in our lives. They, they, they change how we move, how we think, how we respond, and, and, uh, and, and it, it, can just, it can just take the life out of us. The word worry, this, so this was interesting too, the word worry, the root word for it is to strangle. It's strangle. Worry is, comes from the word strangle. The Middle English word wearier means to slay, kill, or injure by biting and shaking the throat as a dog or wolf does. Anybody familiar with that? that that's, that's a feeling. That's a feeling. That's a, a physical response, a mental response to the worry around us. And, and that's how serious this can, this can be. That if, that if we don't understand how to respond to the situations that bring us worry, it can just, it can kill us. It can feel like it's killing us, choking the life out of us. Anxiety plays out in our worry. Anxiety also plays out in our why. The, the first message we talked about are whys. Don't focus on your why. The whys, the whys are the spiraling questions that have no necessarily answers. So, so why me? Why, why did this person die? Why this situation where it's just this, this focus on, on, on the wrong thing? Not a focus on moving forward and growing, but a focus on just staying stuck. And, and anxiousness plays out there, that, that it's just like a pool of anxiousness that we can be sitting in when we get into the spiraling of whys. And, and that spiraling of whys, when you have no answers to it, it, it can frustrate us and make us angry and, and, and start impacting how it is that we see God, that we look at God and go, so why? And that frustration and anger gets pointed at him when his answer might be, you're not supposed to know. I've got a purpose. But we can get stuck in the whys. Our anxiety plays out in the whys. And our anxiety also plays out in our who's. There are people in your life that bring out the anxiousness, right? Amen. So that person might be sitting right next to you. That person might be preaching to you right now. <laughs> but we all have the who's. We all have the who's. You have a who. You might be a who. I might be your who. You might be my who. But there, but there, are, but there are people in your life that when they, when they enter it, either by... You know, you get to a family reunion and, oh, that, that person shows up and, and you feel it. You feel a, a shift in your body. That you, you might go into a fight or flight mode. I've been feeling that with this week. That, that, so I, I'm prepping for the sermon and going through this material and then I step over to this side and I'm dealing with my who. Then I got, then I got a couple who's that I'm dealing with and, and, and I have this separation here. It's like, oh, I don't need the separation. I got to figure out how to how to respond to my who in the way that God would have me do. So that, that sounds like a, that started to rhyme there a little bit. Um, that the, you know, there's a Dr. Seuss reference. There we go. So that there's an, there's an anxiousness uh, when it comes to interacting with the people around us. I face, I face anxiety in my life, and I'm challenged with how to respond to it properly. And, and I'm going to assume that you are too. That this is that, that our default responses to our worries, our whys, and our who's is, is one of anxiousness and not one of, of health, joy, hope, contentment, or peace. And G- but Jesus tells us how to respond to this stuff. Luke 12, 22 through 25 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. 
what you will eat or about your body, what you'll wear. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Jesus commands us not to worry. It's, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, you really shouldn't worry. It's probably not good for you. It's don't. Don't worry. It, it doesn't do you a little bit of good. It will not get you one step further. He reminds us that, that we are valuable, that God sees us as valuable, and that ultimately he has overcome. He has overcome that stuff, and we get to overcome it too in him. That do you think that Jesus would give us a, a command like this, don't worry, and then go, okay, you're on your own. Figure that out. That's, that's not who he is. That he wouldn't give this command and not give us a path to walk it through, to not give us disciplines to be obedient in, to, to, to see that we can have the keys of joy. And Paul gets to share how to have those keys of joy, that there is, there is a discipline, there is a, a, a system, a, a process that, that we as believers get to walk through so that we can have these keys to joy. Philippians 4 says this, How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me, again, uh, about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. I'm not saying this because I'm in, I am in need, for I have learned. Paul has learned, he has decided, he has made this habit of being content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This, this aspect of content is the joy that he's talking about, that it's not dependent on the circumstances, it's dependent on his response. The events and the situations around him that are swirling around him, that are swirling around you, those are just events and circumstances surrounding you. But you have the choice. You have the opportunity to respond with joy every day. We can't control these events, but we can control our response. We have to make the joy decision every day. Make the joy decision every day. This is not just a quote. The quote's not going to help you, right? That, that if, the, if the quote is, I'm going to make the decision. Make the decision to joy. Make the decision to choose joy. I'm going to make it every day. That, that quote is, is not going to help you, even with the, the do not be anxious. That memorizing that verse is, might be a step towards not being anxious, but, but really, if you just stand there with, don't be anxious, okay, I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm just gonna like plow through it. Don't be anxious. There's a path. There's a path and there's a pattern. And, and, there's, and if we follow these disciplines, if we, if we walk in the grace of Jesus and follow these disciplines, we can have joy for life. That we can have peace and contentment. And, and Paul shares us, with us how to get that. The first step is this. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Philippians 4 says this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. So, so Paul says, here's what not to do. Don't worry. Here's what you do. Pray about everything. And he even gives you a little template of, of how to do that. 
and we'll walk through that template at, at prayer night tonight. But the first, it's pray about everything, small, big, everything. My, you know, my first reaction is not to pray. My first reaction is, is often to whine, to complain, to, to blame, to, to be angry, to throw stuff at my kids. Don't have those stories with him. Um, but, but, but my first reaction is not necessarily to, to pray. My, my default reactions are, are to do other things. But the, but the discipline response is to pray. Paul says, pray. And, and this is just addressing something to God. You don't have to have like King James words coming out of your mouth that, that this can just be an initial conversation with God. It's like, okay, God, if I'm supposed to pray about everything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray about this. He, he doesn't need fancy words. He just, he wants to hear you. And, and when you get to share that with him, that takes some of, takes some, some of gives you some relief from the anxiousness, Right? That, that often we can, you know, we can go to other people and, and vent and, and, and sort of feel like that that's giving us some relief. But, but if we lift it up in prayer and give it to God, the God who can take care of everything, that there is relief there in that first step of prayer, just lifting it up to him. Hey, God, this is what's going on. By prayer and petition, petition, the word petition, a humble and sincere request. Here, here God, this is what I'd love for you to do about it. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'd love for you to do about it. You know, tell, tell them what you want. Tell them what you desire. But before the, the petition, you, you have thanksgiving. By prayer and petition, already giving thanks for how God's going to respond, even though you don't know how he's going to respond, but that you know he will, that we have this, this first step of relief this first step towards joy, this first step to, to take, anx- take anxiousness and, and shove it by the wayside. Often what I need more than the result of the prayer is, is just to know that God's working, to know that my focus is there, that I can, I can hand it over. Most of us are really good at handing over and taking it right back, and that's, and that's also a discipline of, of handing it over, that our default re- reaction is like, well, he's not going to take it. I'm going to take it back, but but we have to be disciplined in, in prayer, in petition, in thanksgiving, to lift it up to him. We have to pray for everything, and we need to think about the right things. Think about the right things. What do you think about? Not just like when you're pulling the Rodan pose and, and doing some heavy-duty thinking, but, but what, are the, what are the thoughts that go through your mind? And, you know, what is it that you're filling yourself up with and, and the, the patterns that you have? You know, there's, there's so much negativity in the world. So if, so if we just consider the, the, the stuff that's going around that fuels our, anxi- our anxiousness, that fuels our anxiety, that fuels our worry, any, any hardcore news watchers? You know, the, the news is just a bombardment of crap. It's just, it's, it's, hard to watch, it's hard to watch the news or listen to radio programs or pay attention to anything that's going on. In, in, and if you're doing it in large doses, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you've got no joy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, 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 one, it's one thing to be educated and informed. But, 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 but a lot of us can get into this mindset where we're just like, you know, head deep into the garbage that is, is the, the spew of, of news and politics and junk. That, that you're not going to find joy there. 
that when you fill your mind with that or with, so, so I used to be a, a Nine Inch Nails Marilyn Manson tool listener. <laughs> There's applause there. So I say used to be. <laughs> so, so years ago, before I was a believer, I listened to that. I filled my brain with that. I don't think I was a bad person. I don't, I don't know how it impacted me at the time, um, but that's what I filled my brain with. That's what, that's what consumed my life in, in that form. And, and when I became a believer, it was like, okay, I, I need to set some of this aside. I don't need this popping into my brain. And then like eight years, 10 years later, I was going through my basement, cleaning out all the CDs that I had because I had bins of CDs and figuring out what I wanted to save and what I didn't want to save. It was like, oh, there's Tool. I haven't listened to Tool in a long time. Well, let me pop that in. So I popped Tool in and, and I love the sound of Tool. And then he starts singing. He's like, oh, this is why I don't listen to Tool. <laughs> this is why I don't listen to it. I don't, I don't need this in my life. I don't need that influence in my life. What are the other influences in your life that are bombarding your brain? What are the things that you're thinking about between social media or news or TV or movies or the, or the people that you're interacting with? How much of that stuff are you thinking about? And then on the other hand, how much of the things of God are you thinking about? That I'm, I'm going to guess that I can ask you, what, so what, what TV are you watching? What movies are you watching? And, and what music are you listening to? Or what are you reading? And it'll just be this, this long list of, of things that occupy your time. And then if I ask you, so what's God telling you in his word? Are you reading? And the response could be, well, you know, who's got time for that? That, that we can be drowning in the sea of negativity and then and then just having these little drips and drops of God here and there. That if, that if you've only got these little drips and drops, you're not thinking about the right things. And it's, it's not even like, so you might not be tool Marilyn Manson listeners, but, but even like the, the really wrong things are, are, are rough, but, but just the, like the good things. Are you, are you just like indwelled with good things instead of the great things? Are you, are you, are you, are you disciplined with the adequate or the average and missing out on the right and wonderful. We were, so we're, we're worshiping to, to worship songs this morning to help get our mind right. And, and it's, Lord, I stand amazed in your presence. I can't remember the next verse. What's the next verse? Lord, I stand amazed in your presence. Astounded. Astounded by your mercy and, and, and love. Is that, is that where your mind is? Are those the things that you're thinking about outside of Sunday morning and the three worship songs? That, so where are those pieces in your life that, that you might need to take a, a hard look at what it is that you're putting in your mind and, and figure out how to have the discipline of, of thinking about the right things? That if, that if you're not in Scripture, you, know, you don't have to be reading it for hours every day, but if you're not in it at all, you have no opportunity to to stand amazed in his presence, astounded by his mercy and love. Got to think about the right things. Philippians 4 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things. And then, and then he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me that... that that we can learn from Paul that if we're reading his letters, we can understand what he was doing and, and, and we can start building disciplines off of what he did. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, 
put into practice. There is, there is a, an understanding that, that as we read Scripture and as we want to get closer to God and see our lives transformed, we got to be obedient. we got to be obedient. And not just obedient to the stuff that the pastor tells you to do on Sunday morning. It's obedient to, the, to, 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 to God, the one that you've got a relationship throughout the rest of the week. you got to be thinking about the right thing so that you can respond. And then there's a promise. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace not the God of anxiety, not the God of fear, not the God of, of frustration and anger, the God of peace. I want that peace. I want that peace. If, if I'm not praying about everything and thinking about the right things, guess what I am not going to have? Not in any kind of consistent manner. And I might find joy here and there. But I'm not going to have joy for life. I want joy for life. I want you guys to have joy for life. Think about the right things and put them into practice. Set aside the default response and be disciplined. Think about the right things. So if you're praying about everything and you're thinking about the right things, it leads to this. Trusting God in all things. If, if you're not praying and you're not thinking about the right things, you are not going to trust him in everything. You're just not gonna. You don't have a relationship with him. You need a relationship with someone to trust them, right? And if you're making choices to not have that relationship, you're not gonna be here. But if you pray about everything and you think about the right things, you will be in a better position to trust God in everything. Philippians 4 says this, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. There's caveats to this on the front end. That if you're not in relationship with him, if you're not walking this path of, of discipline and obedience, you're probably not going to be here. You're not going to be here. that you'll be in a place of, of mistrusting God because, because you don't know him that well. It's not distrusting God, it's just mistrusting God. That you might be stuck with it. Well, I'm, uh, I thought of, I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm always going to be afraid of that. I'm never going to get ahead. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just stuck here because you're not trusting God. We're, we're carrying these things that God said, I got this. We carry these things that make, make us anxious and and, and our path is away from joy, and he's saying, you know, I've, I've got this. If you trust me, I've got this. And if you trust me, you'll have peace. You will have joy. You will have contentment. Romans 8.31, I'm going to guess a lot of you know this. What then shall we say in response to these things? these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Pray for everything. Think about the right things and trust in God. We can do this. We can do this. this is, but this is not necessarily a, a quick turnaround for all of us. It's like, okay, today I got this. I'm going to be 100% uh, praying about everything. I'm going to be 100% thinking about all the right things, and I'm going to trust God in everything. That, that's, that uh, you're going to probably hold your breath, do it for about 10 minutes, and then revert to the default 
responses because the default responses are what we're familiar with. They're what works for us, and that not, not necessarily works for us. It's what we do. The default responses is what we do, but we have to, to, to build on these disciplines that, that this joy journey points us in this direction, that we've got work. We've got work to do. And some of you might be thinking, I don't want to work. I don't want to work either. I'm a very lazy man. <laughs> but I want joy. I want peace. I want to be able to respond the way that I need to respond so that, so that not only am I right, but that I can be an influence on others as well, that, that God can use me to impact the lives of others as well. Because if you're not there, you're probably going to impact people for the wrong reasons in a wrong way. And, and good grief, I don't want that for you. And, and, and if, we look at, if we look at these last verses in Philippians, greet, greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household, which is fascinating because Paul's in prison and he went to Rome to, he wanted to go to Rome to, to witness to the, the Roman city and, and instead he gets stuck in prison. But yet, the believers in Caesar's household are still sending uh, their, their, their love and greetings. The, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. There is a, a communication of community here. You are not on your own in this journey. That even though Paul is in prison, shackled to some guard, probably not having tons of interaction with other believers, he's not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone in this journey that there are opportunities and people here that, that want to walk with you and, and, and that you want to walk with. When it, when it comes to these, these disciplines and patterns, if you're, if you're walking this path all on your own, if you're walking this Christian life all on your own, you're losing. You're not really moving forward. You need others. You need others that are going to they're, they're send you love, that are, that are going to send you greetings, that, that are going to say, here, walk this way. Walk with me. That if you don't have these disciplines in your life, you need to find a Paul. Watch, watch him. And then become him. And then invite somebody else along with you. So, come this way. Do it this way. Move this path. You have those opportunities here. You have those opportunities here. And, and if you connect and you're moving forward the grace of the Lord Christ be with your spirit. Amen. That there is, there is relief there. There's peace. There's contentment. There is joy. You can do this. We can do this. We can take these steps. And Simple Church has, has, has systems in place when it comes to grow groups or growth track or, or opportunities to serve or, or prayer night tonight that, that, if, that if your first step is like, you know, I don't really know how to pray. I don't understand, fully grasp what the concept of prayer is. I don't know how to do it right. I've just watched people on TV doing it. It's all kind of weird. Well, come tonight and we'll show you how it's not going to be that weird. I'm leading it, so it might be a little weird, but... It's not that weird. It can be simple. It can be simple. There, there are paths all over the place. There are steps all over the place. What's your next step? Walk with us. Walk with us and we'll, we'll show you a next step. 
Now, some of you might be sitting here and it's like, I don't even know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ anyways. That this whole church thing might just be kind of strange. It's like, you know, I think I believe, but I don't know. I don't know what this looks like. Well, that, that's also a first step here. That, that I'm going to say a prayer, and the prayer's not magical, but, but if you have, but, but in Scripture it says, so, so confess and believe. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and believe. That there's no other, other steps that you have to take to, to, to accept what he has to offer. Confess and believe and start the journey. And know that the, the step after confessing and believing is, is probably not going to be complete sanctification and that you're just like Jesus. That you're going to be walking down a path that is going to be hard. That you're going to be battling the default responses in you as you deal with the situations around you. And the goal is to know him, to know him better, to find peace in him so that as you're walking this life, you can. But you totally can. If you want to bow your head and close your eyes, so like I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say the prayer and, and I'm going to encourage you to if that's where you are, that this is just, this is your opportunity to confess and believe. Again, there's, there's nothing magic in the words. It's a, it's a heart thing. If, if that's where you are and you're like, you know what? I need to take this step. This is the step, I, this is the step that I need to take. This is, I think, I think I hear him calling me. I, th- I think I hear, I, I feel him pulling me towards him. I'm, I'm going to take that step if, if, if that's you today, raise your hand. Nobody's looking. Excellent. So I'm going to say this prayer. And, and everybody can pray out loud with me. Um, and, and take joy in that. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promise of joy and peace. I believe that only comes through Jesus. This morning, I take that first step to know Jesus more. I confess him as Lord and Savior. And I'm looking forward to you transforming my life. Thank you for him. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.